podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from the field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Downey, and this is Newsround for Anfield Index Pro. And I'm joined today by Michael Statham, who is going to talk to us about Cody Gakpo. Before we start, Michael, could you tell folks who you are and what your area of expertise is and maybe where they could find your work if they were so choosing to look for it after this chat? All right, thanks, Trev. I'm Michael Statham. Um, I watch too much Dutch football, whether that's the Eredivisie or the Dutch national team. And um, yeah, I've seen Cody Hapo come through over the years. I've been watching it for quite a long time now. And I love the league. I love the national team. And I'm just here to sort of give what I've seen, not just on the pitch, but also off the pitch too. So look forward to it. Fantastic. And are you currently writing columns anywhere or doing analysis anywhere else that people could have a look afterwards or a Twitter handle or anything they could follow your work on? So Football Anya is the name of the outlet that I mainly write for, which is the biggest English language outlet of Dutch football. So if you like Dutch football or want to get into it, come and check us out. You spell that as football like the English way. And Aranya is orange, but replace the G with a J. And you've got it. Um, we have a website which is posted on daily. We have a Twitter page, which is quite well received, and we have a YouTube channel, which has interviews with players on and also podcasts and stuff like that. So check us out. We will do. Fantastic. Thank you for that. So let's start talking about the man, the main man, Cody, who everyone's so curious to know about. And obviously, look, there are going to be a lot of basic questions here that I'm going to ask. Consider me a complete uh, uh, newcomer to this kid. I've seen him play a few times live, obviously, like most of us have, uh, between World Cups and, and various other uh, outlets that we've had a chance to watch him. Uh, and he's always looked like a very, very solid and exciting footballer of late. But of course, there's a long story arc here. And I've heard some of this story because obviously, like everybody else, I've been digging in to find out as much as I can about him. Um, could you maybe give us a, a thumbnail sketch of his career are today because unless I'm mistaken he's been with PSV I think pretty much as a lifer I think maybe uh, another club as a very young man but had started I think making appearances for the first team around about 2018 does that sound right and could you give us a just a, a, a roadmap of what that's looked like in terms of his development and breakthrough into the first team was it meteoric was it gradual that type of thing. Of course, people will be interested to hear him have that journey. Um, I can absolutely give that to you. Obviously, I won't be giving facts, stats, numbers, because I think if people want to do that, they can go and look on transfer marks and stats and elsewhere on the, online. But he very much followed the same journey a lot of young Dutch players have. But obviously, a successful journey where 
by staying with one club for a long period of time and coming into his prime at the top of the Eredivisie, has really benefited him and he will succeed as a consequence of that because there are loads of players that have potential in the Eredivisie and then they don't, they don't, they don't see it through. They don't stay with a top Eredivisie club for long enough. They go abroad too early. Even in some cases as, as teenagers, and it doesn't work out. Very rarely have I actually seen it come out for the good. I think one player I could think of that stands out is Natanake, who is now in people's minds in English football. He's probably one small exception, I would say. Um, and Cody, though, he started off with PSV, has come for the ranks there. Um, he's a PSV man, he's a fan of the club. And it was around 17, 18 that he started playing for the, the second team and their second team playing the Dutch second division. Um, as is common there with the top clubs in the Eredivisie, there, there are four that play in the Dutch second tier, um, where they've the youngsters. And he was one of those. He, he scored almost like a goal per game in, in that league at the time um, before he made like his impact in the first team level. Yeah, it was around 2018 that he made his first team debut, sort of broke through, if you like, then. Um, then he went on to replace names who've left. Um, I mean, Stephen Bergfein was one that moved on from the club. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. He came and was the next winger, I guess, in that in that conveyor belt of they'll raise someone up, sell them for a lot of money. There's another player in the in youth academy that can replace them. He he started really really making an impact though when he about eighteen months ago. He stayed with the club. People were like interested in him, and it was like this is his big season up ahead. Like if he churns out those numbers and he's influential for the club, he will get that big move. He will make his appearances for the Dutch national team, and so on. And he did. He had a great season last season, and his goal in the Dutch Cup final helped PSV win a piece of silverware. Um, their first in a few years, you know, PSV they should be winning something. They feel like every year. It's not always possible, but he kind of brought that back to the club, which is great. Um, then it was this season where he may have left. He was linked with Leeds United and Southampton a lot. He nearly went to Leeds, stay with the club. And he has had a good first half of the season. Oh, I, say, I say good, that's probably the, a really um, underrated way of saying it. He had a brilliant first half of the season. He scored loads of goals, set up loads of goals and ended up being one of the first national team sheet for the Netherlands at the World Cup. So he's gone from Leeds and Southampton to be interested in him to Manchester United and Liverpool. Um, that's where he's up to right now. He's a club man and, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about him lots more, but that's kind of like his journey so far. And I want to talk to you. Well, that's, that's, that's a really good, I think, sketch of it because that gives people a feel for how he's evolved. And 
what what's curious uh for me what i'm curious about is evolution in terms of um where he's playing on the pitch um in other words is there a possibility that um we're looking at a guy who's evolving or has he like a lot of people are going to wonder like where's he going to fit for liverpool so would you be able to give us some insight into where it is that he has played for the team i know you've mentioned he's a winger but obviously there's a lot of chat where will he fit in for us has he played elsewhere is he one of those guys that sort of can move across the front three would he be comfortable as a 10 has he ever uh, even had a go as a nine, that type of thing, or is he? Do you think an out-and-out winger? And the first thing I'll mention is when he was coming through the youth ranks, um, he was he he was definitely rated as like the best talent coming through, and that was always as a left winger. But he had at the time played as a, played as a striker sometimes too for the Dutch second, um, sorry PSV second team, and. Uh, then, then we got those minutes, he got those chances in the left wing with PSV. Not really a right winger because he's so good when he co- comes on his right foot. Everyone loves an inverted winger nowadays. He's definitely one of those excellent um, crossing ability. That suits English football down to the ground, doesn't it? Someone can cross the ball. And then mm. His, mm. You know, from corners even, he's, he's quite prolific actually. He's for lots of goals and corners this season for PSV. Um, but then also for his shooting too, you would absolutely lose that if you put him on the right side. So he's always been that left winger. And there have been times for the PSV's first team where he has played as a striker too, mainly because of his physical abilities, his height, he can head the ball. Um, I would suggest in the Premier League, he wouldn't be as effective as that. You know, defences here are bigger, they're stronger, they're, they're more wise. He, in the World Cup, also showed though that he can play as a number 10 which is something that I'm not familiar with him ever doing. Um, he may well have had like odd minutes here and there doing it, but he wasn't known for that. So it was a, it was a bit of a surprise move from Lou van Gaal with the Netherlands, but it, it made all sorts of sense for the Dutch national team. People watch them during the World Cup. I'm sure they're aware that the Netherlands played a 3-4-1-2, a 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. And he was playing behind these two Patia strikers in the middle. The Netherlands don't have another number 10 that that could be better than Hapo, even though it's not his natural position. I mean, from a Liverpool perspective, the, probably the next best after that is David Klaassen, but we will say no more about him. We all know how poor <laughs> he was in the Premier League. So yeah, Hapo is, he's, he's, he fit that role well because of what he can do at the end of the box with his shooting, with his runs into the box. He's got a great first touch um, and, and he can dribble at defences too. So he had all that sort of side um, of his game as a number 10. He was put as a winger once in the World Cup, and that was when the Netherlands were losing to Argentina and uh, they were 2-0 down. He's, his crosses helped sort of get them back into the game because they just went route one, didn't they? He was just on the left wing. He got the, the ball instantly, touch, cross, touch, cross every time. And, he, and his, he didn't have like a disappointing cross. You can see that his crossing ability is going to be so important from the left wing for Liverpool. Um, especially Nunez in the middle. Um, but that flexibility is what is going to give him the minutes in the team when he can't play on that left wing. That's really interesting that you've gone there because it's a beautiful segue into what I want to ask you. And you've already touched on a lot of it, to be fair, Michael. But I'm curious about the guy's strengths. Now, we'll start with his footballing strengths and attributes. And then I wouldn't mind segueing into 
what kind of a fella you think he is, you know, um, what kind of character he is. But let's start there. You've mentioned a lot of stuff there that sounds very, very positive. And, of course, my head's spinning now because I'm thinking, okay, we've got hopefully uh, Diaz coming back to go in that position. Uh, Nunes likes to drift out there. Uh, Are we oversubscribed? But obviously, if this is his strongest position, this is his strongest position. As you say, we'll see how he evolves when he gets to us. Klopp will have a plan, no doubt. But in terms of what people can expect to see from him, you've mentioned decent first touch. You've mentioned crossing ability. I heard somebody on a, on another show talk about him as, it was weird, Michael. It came across like he was kind of like a very solid citizen, you know, uh, solid touch, not the pace he's got in the world, but will mm. never, sort of does most things right most of the time. One of those guys. Um, which I really appreciate about someone like Luis Diaz, for example. Yes, there's flair there, but he doesn't tend to lose the ball. His passes tend to find the mark and so on. Is that the kind of guy we're getting? It is. But I would say what sets him apart is his crossing ability. It's not something we often see in the Netherlands. It's a player that can can get a ball, very good first touch, get out of their feet, and then just to whip it in. Um and there's only someone similar I can think of that's like that, and that's like an old-fashioned Ashley Young in his heyday at Aston Villa. Like he was this young player, and he, he was quite one-dimensional with what he did, whereas Hapo's got all these other bits to his game too. And I think that's what will set him apart from very good players, is that he has got most things in his game, but he's got those other bits as well that can set him apart from the rest, and he's got more than one thing, I guess, that is really better than most mm. of the players. So... Yeah, he's he's a very solid in most of his aspects. There are some downsides to his game. I'd say you don't want him deep. He's not a hold-up striker who plays as, as, a, as a number nine. And he has struggled with PSV when he's crowded. And I know that that sounds obvious. Of course, if someone's up against one defender, they're going to do better than against three. But he doesn't do well in crowded spaces. He finds that quite tricky. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. When the game really opens up, when he plays the PSV, or when on the counter-attack, that is when he's most effective. Um, and that, I think, is something that Liverpool get the best out of. You mentioned there about Nunez coming as, into his wide areas out on the left. The PSV, people may be aware of Luke Dion. He played in England before. He played for the Netherlands in the World Cup. And he, he's a tall striker. He, he was, like, brilliant for, for someone like Hapo who could whip the ball into him. But that was only because De Jong stayed in the box. He stayed in those uh, dangerous, dangerous areas. De Jong's not very mobile, of course. So that helped. But if he had other players out in that area as well, he'd have no, no player in the box to aim for. And I think that's what he will thrive the best out of, is people getting in the box around the main striker. 
Um, and him delivering those crosses, either out wide or from a corners. Yes, so many of the goals I've seen, Michael, of his you know highlights reel involve him whipping in these crosses and someone mm-hmm. basically, usually Dion, getting a foot there in the six-yard box and poking at home and that's very like I said that's a type of goal I would love to see us add to our repertoire um, mm-hmm. as a club there are a couple of specific things I want to ask you about two-footedness how how solid is he with both feet because that for a modern attacker is quite the thing yeah not, not the, the best ever uh, a weak foot but very good very strong um he has it he has this this thing, the way he'll cut in and everyone knows he's going to cut in, everyone knows he's dangerous on that foot. But there are some players I've seen before in the Eredivisie where they don't have that left foot then because then if they can't go on the inside, they can't go on the outside and they don't have maybe that marauding left left back to come down and help them either. Then it's up to him to do it. And I can remember a few of his goals where he has then gone on his left foot, taken it to the byline, then pulled it back. And he's very good at that too. Um, he set it young a few times doing that as well as on his right foot. Yeah, it's not like he's can use both feet um, with his eyes closed, but he's got a very strong left foot as well. And two other things then, just in terms of pace, and this is going to be weird, it sounded a bit of a weird thing talking about a, uh, a, a, a nominal winger, but I'm just, I'm thinking here about Trent Alexander on the opposite flank. Mm. I'm thinking of one of those classic shaped Trent crosses. I'm thinking about a lad raiding in from the back post. Now we're used to seeing Andy Robertson arriving and making an absolute balls of every shot that he takes, right? Because <laughs> he just, Robbo's great, but he can't shoot. And I'm thinking about lads arriving in those positions. So first thing then, pace. Second thing, heading ability. Mm. He He's more like athletic. He has got pace, but I would say mm. he's that athletic character and, and, and can get, can go forwards and back. Um, Quite quickly, but I don't. I don't think it's something he's known for. As for heading ability, actually, yeah, he is quite good. I think getting in the back post is something I'd like to see him do more often, especially now at Liverpool, because it's not something that I would associate with him doing. Him, him doing, but I know he can do it. Him playing as a number nine in particular, he he knows where to be in the box. So I I wouldn't put it past him at all to add that to his game next. Mm. Um, now that he's not like the main person putting the balls in the box. PSV don't have uh, a right winger, for example, that can do the same thing. Um, they have Nani Madueka, who's pacey, tricky, and will, will go to the byline and deliver low crosses. No one puts in high crosses like Hapo does on the other side of PSV. So, yeah, it's not something I've seen too often. Um, as for your second question, you asked about his heading ability. Yeah, he can do that. He's six foot two, um, has scored a few headers. Already, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a, a weakness of his game at all. I think it's something actually that helps him go to a league, a Premier League, mm. because he has that physical side to his game as well, being athletic and, and strong in the air. Whereas other areas he players maybe haven't had that and then struggled. Then there's one last technical thing in terms of uh, dead ball delivery, because obviously that's a, a real asset to any team. And Liverpool tend to be reasonably good at converting um, set pieces. Um, but it would be wonderful to have another person capable of delivering wonderful stuff. And an awful lot, again, of the contributions and assists I've seen in his highlight reel um, and in the couple of games I've seen in real life have actually come from dead balls, corners, free mm. kicks and the corners like. Corners in particular. Corners in particular. This seems to be a real strength, Michael. 
yeah, it's it's a way you can put drop the ball in a sixpence almost from mm. from those kind of things. He's not like known for his passing um, stats or anything, so his game is quite direct. It's aimed at getting the ball straight away into the strikers and finishing chances himself. Um, he has been working on trying to get into the box and, and being more um, deadly, if you like, in 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 whether not just scoring a goal but being creative and being that person that will make the goal, make it happen, and and that has that has gone up so 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 much in the past couple of years. Um, this season, even more so, just being so prolific with whatever he does. Um, and I know I would say that corners, and I know Liverpool got some good takers of corners, but I want him taking them, especially from his left his left side, his left wing. Um, that would work really really well. Fantastic, though. I mean, that's exciting to hear. And just in terms of, again, look, at the risk of sounding like I'm trolling in a cliche, I've noticed over the years watching um, recruits come to the Premier League and watching international football interviews that, as a general trait, uh, Dutch footballers don't lack for confidence, right? They seem to have that sort of, uh, you know, you know, a kind of very quiet or loud confidence about them. Um, it's a huge aspect of Klopp's recruitment that he picks what he calls the right, you know, he always talks about he's a really good guy, right? This is massive, massive part of Klopp and the the, the recruitment process. You have to be the right character. Um, I don't mean everybody has to be hugging each other all the time, but you have to be this kind of guy that he can rely on uh, and that he knows is a good lad who's going to have the right attitude. In terms of... Uh, Gakpo's attitude on the field um, is he uh, is he a very kind of positive, upbeat guy? He, what 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 can you tell us about the sort of fellow we're dealing with here? Someone who's committed and very driven. He has that confidence because you need to be like that. You need to have a, a bit of arrogance about you if you're going to succeed at this level. But he isn't outwardly so, and you often see it in particular with Ajax players that come to the Premier League. Ajax players thrive on on I'm almost I'm going to say the word arrogance because that's what it is but they do really well at it and it gets them gets them places it gets some prizes and it gets some transfers abroad so when I look at Capo he's not quite the same kind of character for that it comes from I guess you you might call it more of a humble humble background with with him having come through the PSV academy really showing himself as that he's he's a fan of the club and it. Yeah, all this sort of side of it is added to also when you think how much the fans love him. Um, I, I've been showing British media that there was a banner in, in the crowds uh, for, for PSV fans when they really wanted to sign a new contract in the summer and not leave to go to England. He jokingly went over and signed it himself. It was a great idea. It was a lovely thing for him to do, lovely touch. And he he's spoken a lot about, about other things in the media that have helped drive him. For example, he's got a really strong Christian faith. It's it's helped him a lot with it, with his playing. Um, he's someone who's spoken about how he wants to to get to, to places, um, but not someone who goes, "I'm going to stay at this club for another year, then I'm going to make my dream move abroad." You know, he's he's not he's not as outward as I know some players can be with that. He has goals in his head, and he he was really pleased to win the Dutch Cup in May. He was really pleased to stay with the club and captain the club. He was a vice-captain, but De Jong was out injured, so he was it for most of this season. He got his goal about playing with a national team in the World Cup. So if he can continue that with Liverpool now, he's 
only going to continue to grow. And a little earlier you touched upon potential. I think that Hapo had more potential to give back in the summer. It felt like it was still more for him to, for him to go. But now this step is taken to where he is now. And this feels like he's beginning to reach his peak. And I think from the left wing, he could be really, really good for Liverpool because of that. Um, him coming into his prime and being confident as well, but not overly so. Just the right kind of character, right? The right kind of person you want in your football club. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Really sounds like it, man. Sounds like we're getting this guy at right just bang at the right time in his career in terms of development and yeah. potential and all of the right things that you want to be hearing. And I just to, to, to make a couple of connections then, um, final connections to Liverpool. Um, what do you make of uh, about the, the stories you've heard? We know that Van Dyke was quite instrumental in terms of conversations. Um, with 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 Cody in terms of you know letting him know what the club's all about and possibly <laughs> leaning on him a bit about it. Uh, there's also that very strong story about Pep Blinders, and I, I'm not sure uh, how how much faith to put in this. Some of our supporters have gone off on a run, especially those who maybe are a little bit suspicious of Pep. Um, what have you heard in terms of what the real clincher was here, or have you heard anything about where this move came about? Because it's classic recent times Liverpool business it's just done and that's you hear about it on the day it's done I mean from my point of view it was a surprise to hear that I do have been reached with Liverpool but I'm sure that this wasn't just an instant thing Liverpool went for the grab and, and to snatch him into a club's nose I don't think that was the case I think it was always a club that would have been interested in watching him closely and it was last summer that I'm sure Liverpool wouldn't wouldn't have um wouldn't have wanted him because of a few a few things in his game that I can touch upon in a minute that maybe put them off um, going for him. It would have happened by the um, by transfer deadline day. It was rumoured that clubs were going for him at the very end of August. Why didn't a club go for him earlier? Why didn't a club at Liverpool swoop for him in July? Then it came to the, to this transfer window, and it's not even opened yet, and Liverpool have come and signed him. So it makes me think it was the World Cup that had an impact on this decision. I think that Van Dijk had a big part to play in it as well. Not that he was crucial to it, but certainly a deal clincher when you think that Man United have been interested for so long and Liverpool. It made me think that that might have just 
swayed him in that direction. And he was only ever going to go to a club. He knew he was going to get minutes, um, develop further, and just a really strong club to, to be in. And it may not have been for Klopp, but he, he said already that he knows he's going to teach him some things um, at the club. So as, as for other things that are rumored to be his reasons why, I, I'm not, I can't comment for sure. Um, and the player will know. But this is the thing he's been thinking of and dreaming of. He chose not to move to Leeds United in the summer because that's not what he wanted. He, he, with no disrespect to the clubs that lower down the Premier League, but he's been looking for a top European club and stay with PSV to try and get that. He didn't want that middle move, if you like, which hasn't been so easy for some Premier League players. Gini Wijnaldum, someone where it did work out really well, going from PSV to Newcastle, then to Liverpool. I don't think this is what Kapo wanted. He wanted to be important for a, a club right at the top of the league and also just get into that World Cup squad. He got all of those things. It's kind of going really well to plan for him at the moment. Um, <laughs> it really yeah, is. It really, it really is. is. But I should yeah, say, I... though, that the reason why he didn't get sort of picked up by Leeds desperately or a club higher up the league is people have been critical of him in, in really big games. And for, for, for most of this year, so was I. I was also really critical of him. But it's his step up he's had in the past few months that have persuaded me now that he's ready for a move like this and not, not just to Leeds or Southampton. Um, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't very effective in some European games, you could say, um, for PSV. And it's now, now that he's proven against Arsenal in Europa League and the World Cup itself that he can do it. And would you say, Michael, that your, your feelings of... Um criticism towards him were stemming from the fact that you thought there's more in this lad than he's showing here is that basically it yeah definitely when I watched him against Leicester in the conference league quarterfinals I thought come on then Cody this is your chance um show that you are better than any other player on this pitch and he was so invisible I couldn't believe it he did have one assist I think over those two legs but he wasn't that key character that I thought he would be I, I had Pierce Reed to be actually a bit better than Leicester and I thought that he would have made a difference he didn't against Rangers in August Champions League qualifying. I thought, that again, this is a chance against a British club. The, you know, the Europe is watching, the UK is watching, see what you're made of. Didn't do it, didn't cut it. And it really surprised me over those two legs that he couldn't have that impact that he has for a lot of the time for PSV. But he has also shown me moments where he can do it. And, I know, you know, he lifted the Dutch Cup, for example, um, being important in the win against Ajax. He's done it in the league's big games this season. He's done it against Arsenal in the Europa League. And he's done it in the World Cup, the biggest stage of them all. In a different position that's not even his own. In a team that didn't really have many attacking chances in each game, he was still able to be effective and stand out for the Dutch. Yeah, again, probably part of this development you're talking about. And just we should touch on one other thing before we finish which is his injury record. Um, obviously, it's a sore point with Liverpool fans who have seen their squad cut to ribbons on too many occasions in recent seasons. Um, what's Cody's injury record been like? It's funny you say that. You know, I've been on a few things with British media so far about Cody and I've had a lot of positive things to say and an injury record has not really come up yet. I think it's something people should have a little note, note of and kind of go, oh, no, because... Yeah, he has missed a couple of key periods in seasons before. And it was, I spoke earlier about him having this like key season in the Eredivisie for PSV. Because the season before that, he had a bit of time out injured. When he was coming through the ranks, he had a couple of ankle injuries. So he's not had it completely clear of injuries. And 
Um, he's not injury prone. He's no Jonathan Woodgate, but he has got a lot. Uh, had a few things in the past which may make people concerned that this could happen again. Um, not that it's likely, of course, but if you look at his record, he has had a few in the past. That's really interesting. And again, look, it's just for the sake of completism, Michael. You know yourself. We we like to touch as many bases as possible. And look, I, I, I'm just gonna. I have one final question for you that's not Gakpo related, uh, but just more to talk about, you, you know, your own area of expertise and um, tie in with the concept of transfers. But just before we wrap up on Cody, is there anything else that is floating around the back of your mind that we haven't touched on there that you think might be relevant to folks in terms of information they could do at knowing? Do you mean in regards to Cody Gakpo's move? Yeah, anything at all about the guy himself or the player or any any details we haven't touched on because I don't want to leave anything on the table. And mm. I know I noticed you've been making links over and back like a a, a, a proper interview uh, subject. So I don't want to leave anything on the ground that you might have wanted to, to mention. I think he's, he's he's someone that we've watched for a long time on, on, on football. Anya, he, he's he's always caught our eye because he's Dutch. Um, someone who maybe is a likable character. I think that's quite a big, big thing we picked up on over the years. Just being so capable, being a winger in the, in the, from the Netherlands in the Eredivisie, you always get noticed if you've got scored a few goals. And I just got this feeling with him that he won't be someone who could flop. For example, I'm on the record as saying with Anthony uh, going to Manchester United that I didn't think it was the right time for him to move. I didn't think it. I think he should stay with Ajax another year. I think that. He he went for a really inflated transfer fee. And I think that Cody Hatpo is a little different than that. I think it's a, a smarter move, but people are being put off by his record in those bigger games, which is now put to rest, I think. Um, and it had another spurt over the last few months. He's he's not the perfect player. I've not I, I know I've talked about a lot of positives on this show, but he's, he's someone I'm really willing to do well again for Liverpool because it will only help the Dutch national team too from from our perspective of football, Anya. And I think he's, he's a great player. Well, that's very, very encouraging all round. And because it's the time of year it is, um, people tend to get greedy. Eyes get too big for the bell you reach for the extra roast potato but you also want to get that extra player over the line in the transfer window now as someone who's watching the air busy all the time um who are the guys who do you you think are in that category that um cody Gakbo moving to the premier league and um, give us a couple of names that we should be on the lookout for maybe um again you know the type of lads who are on that upward curve if I could, I can give you one from each of the other top clubs in the Eredivisie. Um, right. You know, we've seen Cody Hapo leave now at PSV. Chabi Simons is someone who's, who's, who's also getting that reputation now. He's got to take on that mantle of being important for the club. Um, he only had a few minutes in the World Cup. I was gutted about that. An attacking midfielder that I, I know people will be talking about in the coming years. So listen to Chabi Simons some more. Then... At Ajax, Jürgen Timber, it was a defender at the World Cup for the Netherlands. Um, I think he also he can continue to have a good season um, after this after his World Cup, which is quite successful. He'll be on the radar of some more clubs. He didn't go to Manchester United in the summer. Um, when I talk about Feyenoord, I think about Urkun Kocu. He's a really great midfielder. He's not Dutch, he's Turkish, um, but could be in the Premier League. He was linked with Arsenal a lot. Um, and if he has a season that he's having like this one, 
he could be a regular for a club like that um, if he continues. Really like an all-action midfielder. And I'm going to throw in another one as well because people don't talk about the other clubs outside those top three. And I'll go to ours at Altmar. Um, and they're just outside those top clubs. And Jesper Carlsen is someone people will hear a lot, a lot more about. Swedish, left-winger. Has a lot of similar things to his game to Capo, but not as good. Um, and I'm interested to see where he ends up. But I think they're all players, those ones I've said there, in three or four years, you'll be hearing in the Champions League, maybe Europa League, and, and going, oh yeah, I've heard about them. You know, they were in the Ode of Azir a few years ago. They're, they're destined for good things. Man, I feel a lot more informed and I really appreciate your time. So for this show and for taking us through the career arc of Cody Gakpo, Liverpool's new signing, Michael Statham, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.